Welcome to episode 60 of the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Mark Sharon, Stephen Slate, and I will be discussing addiction. And what we're specifically going to talk about today is you're not weak, you're just misinformed. We offer two ways to work privately with a Freedom Model instructor. The first way is at our beautiful St. Jude Retreat, and um, where you can work one-on-one with all three of us, actually. Um, We also offer Zoom classes with our at-home private instruction program. You can get information about our retreat at SoberForever.net and TheFreedomModel.org and about our at-home private instruction at LeaveAddictionBehind.com. So a lot of people think that they're weak and that drugs are powerful, um, but that's not the case, right? That's right. I think that um, when I'm teaching the course, I, uh, I can't tell you how many times when we start out in classes, they'll say, I'll have a student, they'll say, you know, it's, it's, I just got to learn how to be stronger. I, I, uh, it's a matter yeah. of weakness. You know, I need more willpower. I'm, I'm weak. And I also talk, it was funny, I was talking with some guys at, at hunting camp one night, and they said, you know, it's a matter of character. They just don't have it. They're, they're weak oh. people, you know, and that comes from, you know, and it's sort of that backwoods, tough guy sort of <laughs> attitude. And, and I come from that attitude, right? Yeah. The self-starter kind of people. And a lot of them drink and carry on, but they, they don't see it as a problem. So it's a whole different way of thinking. But, but this idea that it's a matter of strength is a common idea. Yes. Yeah. And <clears throat> I got to jump in and say, I question whether people even know what they mean when right. they say weak. In the same way, I, we talked about this recently. People say, I'm out of control. And I go, what do you mean by that? You know, it's like, well, my drinking is out of control. It's like, so does that mean that your body is animated by some other force and lifts, you know, <laughs> drinks to your mouth? Like, or, you know, what do you mean? I really want to know what that means yeah. to you when you say you're out of control. And eventually what a lot of people come out with is, well, it's bad. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay. I drink too much. Well, all right. I, I also... So we're talking in some kind of circles. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, so with the weakness thing, what do you mean? I think a lot of times the response I'll get is, uh, I just can't stop when I start. Yeah. yeah that's, once they that's, start. Yeah. That's, or they'll say, I just can't stop. And I said, well, you do, you're not drinking now. Well, once I start, I can't stop. And I said, But well, you're not drinking now. Uh, so right. how did it stop last time you started? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, a lot of times they'll, they'll say, well, it was because of my wife, because of this other force sort of stopped me. That's their excuse that it wasn't them. You know, they, they intervened in, in this runaway train that was out of control. You know, that's the implication, right? Is that, that nothing is going to stop the person, that they are a drug-taking zombie, but they're not going to say that. Yeah, that's yeah. A, well, that's what I'm saying. That's right. the implication. When I've tried to pin people down on the out-of-control thing, eventually, they're like, well, no, I am choosing... They, they, you can, they, you know, you ask enough times because they won't say directly it's involuntary. Right. But we're dancing around that because that's what the treatment industry is saying. But when you ever try to ask a person flat out, like, really? You know, some people will say it once in a while, but most of the time what I get here is like, well, but what I mean is it's, it's causing a lot of problems and it's bad. Right. So that's why I question the weakness, you know, what do and yes. so, so like... Like you're saying, wait, what did you say? Was just, the just can't stop. I just can't stop. Once I start, I just can't stop. I yeah. think that's the more direct willpower argument that people come up with is, 
is, yeah, I'm out of control. I can't stop once I start. I'm weak-willed. I, I want to stop. Please, I, I, I don't even like it. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I find myself doing it again. Yeah. You know? Find um, myself doing it. Right. Well, yeah. that's the, that's the circular argument because I can remember having somebody that said that. I we had a guest about a year ago, who she would say that she would say, you know, once I crack open that first beer, you know, next thing I know, I'm on beer eighteen, and I'm like, well, what makes you crack open the first beer? That's an impressive amount of beer for a woman. Yeah, it is. She was <laughs> yeah, impressive. she was impressive, and um, and I and I she goes, well, I I just want the first one, and and I said. But if you are worried that after the first one you can't stop, why have the first one? Like, like there's there's this like you're right, this circular argument that okay, so I'm are you out of control before the first one? Oh, that's common. Yeah. Are you out of control after? If you're yeah. in control before the first one, then don't drink the first one. Right. You know, if you're so so, which is it? And then well, of course they get to. I must just be completely out of control. And I'm like, yeah. well, the beer didn't jump down your throat. So let's get past this to yeah. what, what is it that, what is it that makes you want that first beer? Right. And the odds are pretty good. It's not because you want one beer. Well, that's, that's it. That's it. That, that's the part that they don't want to say. Yeah. They don't want because their life, when they get to us or when they get to a 12 step meeting or something like that, their life is in turmoil because of their drinking right. or drugging. And so the last thing they're going to say is, I like to pass right through beers one, two, and three and get to the shit-faced part, and I want to have my fantasy with drinking and drugging for a day or two, yep. right? And Have all, my escape. Yeah, and blow off all my responsibilities in the process because, frankly, I don't give a shit. They don't want to say that, but really, when you talk to people... A lot of the drinking and drugging, the motive is, I just want to leave for a little while. Yeah. yeah. But they can't, but they don't want to say that. So they come up with the argument, I'm out of control, yeah. and, and it skirts the responsibility. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that's a big motive. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's a process where the sort of unthought or unspoken things eventually, this this I know people listening are, you know, they might be thinking right now, you're accusing them of manipulating, right? Right. right. But I, I think there's a point where there's so much pressure on you. Oh, yeah. You can't think or say, I just want to get wasted. Right. I just, I like and, it. And there's so much pressure on you to not, that, that that can't be an explanation ever, right? And so you 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 kind of push that aside and you, 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 cut, you try to forget about that or you do forget about that. You try to come up with something and again, not in a malingering way, no. so, right? And frankly, you, the family also is pushing for well, the answer as yeah, well. They're they, feeding they, it because they're also saying, what happened to you? What right. made you this way? Yes. Why are you hurt? Yes. Or whatever else, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, so I don't think it's malicious. Then, So the, the unthinkable or unspeakable eventually becomes just completely unknowable to you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, where at first it was something that sort of needed to be Consciously thought Consciously about. pushed mm-hmm. aside. Now you... It's not even there as as, as a potential. Well, that's, do, do you get what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. Well, it's like, like this. It's like any habit. If you were, And I, I used this analogy in class the other day about this very subject. I said, if you ask Floyd Mayweather Jr., the best boxer alive today, 
you know, how you throw a left hook, he, he probably couldn't tell you because he's done it so many times. He's, he's just like, yeah. this is what I do. Yeah. This is what I do. Now, how many times do we have drinkers and druggers say that? This is just what I do. This is who yeah. I am. Yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, I don't know why I do it. This is just what I do. And and well, you're absolutely right. It's yeah. because it's rote to them. It's, 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 it's to think that way. Yeah, yeah, they've forgotten that there's any other explanation. That's right. So, and I was talking uh, with a student this morning about this where we were talking about um, being angry, you know, and um, and I had this. I, I felt like a total outcast as a as a child. Like I was always the crybaby. Everybody knew how to push my buttons, and mm-hmm. and and so I went through all this sort of bullying for that. Not the physical bullying. I was beat up a couple times, but that wasn't that. It was just like ostracization. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I, like yeah. constant. And we were talking about that, and. There was a point during the course of my drug problem where all that stuff I went through as a child, in which I had been thinking about a lot before I even had the drug problem, all of a sudden, it's I don't know when it happened, but it became a justification yes, for the drug problem. It became, I'm doing this because these people broke me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it... It was just like I would run through this sort of script. Any anytime I felt bad about what I was doing, I would want run through this script of all of these things that formed me and or malformed me into what I was now, and and that's why I'm doing it. But of yeah. course, I loved getting high. Yes, I loved every moment of it. But I had this script that I would tell myself about. I, there's nothing else because I'm malformed in this way and I need drugs. The world isn't made and I'm not made for this world. You know what I mean? It's, it's drugs. That's it. So yeah, you, you get into telling yourself these, these scripts. I'm not, I'm, I'm weak can be a script, right? I'm yes. not strong I'm enough. I'm not strong enough to handle the, the pressures of my life at this point. So yeah. So, but we should bring it back right around to strength and, and, so, like you were saying, there's an implied meaning, which is that it's strength, and you didn't say it, but mm-hmm. tell me if this is what you're thinking. There's a strength like muscles. Like, yes. I could lift 100 pounds, but 150 pounds is too much for me to lift. Yep. So, there's some kind of in the brain is the idea. Yeah, there's a strength yep. that mm-hmm. I can see drugs, be tempted by them. And not and do not do it if I have enough of that brain strength, that willpower, willpower mm-hmm. right? Or it's like the hundred and fifty pound weight to me. I don't have the strength, right? Is it that? That's how is like. I think that's how many people are thinking I, about it. Don't you think that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I thought that way. And I thought that way for a long time when I was like. It, towards the end of my drinking, and then in the first probably few months of being in AA, I thought that there was something to the whole willpower thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liken it to when I'm teaching in class. I say some people, and the willpower thing comes up with, I would say, two out of three people that I teach. I'll say, do you believe there is a well within mm-hmm. certain people that they're filled up, and I'll point to my stomach, uh, filled up to here with willpower, and then the guy who who can say no, 
is filled up to here, and I point to the neck, right? Yeah. He's, he's got more of something. And they go, I, I guess. And the reason I do it with something physical is I say, well, describe to me what that is. I want to know what that well is. Mm-hmm. And then they, they go, I don't know. They can just say no. And I said, well, maybe, maybe they don't want it. Right. Yeah. Maybe right? there's not an allure for them. Yeah, maybe they just don't want it. Maybe they don't want to be drunk all the time. Is that a possibility? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's the most obvious yeah. answer. But, <laughs> well, but, I, but we're trained not to like being drunk all the time. Well, right? Yeah. We're not supposed to like it. We're not it. supposed to like that. It's only supposed to be once in a while. I always use the example. I go, I go so they say, you know, drug addicts lack willpower. I go, so do you think my grandma's walking around every day <laughs> dying to shoot up heroin and stopping herself from doing it? That's awesome. No, that's what that's I... Awesome. I just had this image of a feeble old lady. I don't know your grandmother. Yeah. On a cane. Go, oh, God. Um, both my grandmothers are long dead. But, but you know, oh, it's... But, so they're going to come out of the graves? Thing? Is that what you're saying? But, but really, I mean, really? so the no, idea right. is no, the person... This is what you're saying. It's yeah. a, so I've used the same example in classes. It's as if the people that don't drink or drug heavily are walking around controlling themselves. Yeah. Because that's the other term. They say we lack impulse, self-control. Impulse control. Impulse control. So the average person is walking around wanting to smoke crack and controlling themselves? I just don't buy Do that. Do you know, though, I have talked to families who have actually said things like, you know, when they've been talking to me about their their son or daughter who is, you know, out doing drugs every night, not coming home. And they'll say things like, you know, I wish I could just check out and do that. Yeah. Because so there's this like this idea that other people take for granted that if if you could just stop everything and go get high for the next two and years. And of course you would that parent that. could. They could abandon their family and go do that. They could, but they don't. They don't. And right. it's not because, and, and so they lead people to believe, well, I don't do it because I have good self-discipline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's I'm like, virtuous. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, they, everybody kind of takes that for granted when the truth of the matter is, if they really thought it was valuable, they really wanted to do what they would. Right. Yeah. Right. Because there, there, there are plenty of parents that do. There are lots of parents that do. I, I just I had a class the other day with my guest and we were talking about that exact thing. You know, are there people that shirk their responsibilities that don't, you know, don't parent their children that choose to do other things? And and she was like, yeah, she actually told me of somebody that she knows that does that. And I'm like, you could do that. Anybody yeah. can do that. You know, um, it's so there are a lot of people that don't yeah. look at those responsibilities in the same way that you do. So, so everything is a choice. Yeah, everything. And uh, that's that, you know the point of that. I was talking with with, you, they, with them about that exercise as well. Yes. And and yeah, the point is just to say like, hey, look, really, we are just choosing what we want. Yeah. And um, but I want to jump back in because we've made a lot of jokes, and <laughs> I want to say um. You know, we take seriously what the listeners are going through. Absolutely. And but we're honestly trying to say what is up with this concept that you lack willpower or self-control 
and and we we want to take jabs at the concept and the the problem is the whole therapy psychiatry drug treatment industry has just gotten everybody confused about this yeah. ask them what they mean by it and a lot of them can't even tell you and and they, there's they have all these different terms to refer to it willpower self control impulse control self regulation and yes they have some slightly different meanings in the in the research literature but they're all saying the same thing and they all imply that um, if somebody is behaving in a way that's not popular, that's that they're the, out of control. They're animated right. by something else. Whether, they're you know, and so, you know, uh, they've they've got you confused. There's even a theory that you know, willpower is based on glucose in the brain. It wears down throughout the day. It became incredibly popular in this book by uh, Roy Bomeister, who's a great psychologist, yes. but the the you know, all that he did tons of research on this for years, and then Carol Dweck came out with a paper that kind of destroyed it. And you know, his theory was you have a limited amount of willpower, exactly like Mark was saying. A well, like a well, a well, or if you can think of when dry. you're playing a video game and you have that little meter in the side yes. where your your life count goes down, mm -hmm. right? So you know what Bowmeister was saying is if you have a rough day at work. You're doing this, that. You're exerting a lot of willpower yes, to control yourself and do all these things. It wears down. Then by the end of the night, whatever, when you get hit with some, with something where you need to exert willpower, you're now out of it. You're de it's depleted. They call it ego depletion. That's that's mm -hmm. that's another word for his theory. Ego depletion. And then you can't say no. Essentially, right. And it's funny, so, funny though that you can say yes. Yes, <laughs> you can say yes. Exactly. Right. So take lots of energy to go do the yes thing. So this has been incredibly popular, and I've had all people kinds of people come to me with it. But Carol Dweck did experiments where the the same she did the same experimental setup as him, although she just figured out one thing ahead of time. Does the individual in this experiment believe in right. that willpower is a depletable resource? If that was their belief system, they did. Then they then that's exactly how it played out in the experiments. And the experiments are too complicated to get into and dumb. Right. They're both com. I shouldn't say that, but they're they're weird. It's like you know, here's a bowl of radishes and a bowl of cookies and now. You, you can, you, we'll leave you in this room for half an hour. You're not allowed to eat the cookies. I, I it's like, it's weird. I, you know, but, but whatever it was, you know, and, and they get more complicated than that. But there's like a second stage to that where there's another willpower task after it. And they see if you're depleted. But when people did not believe it was depletable. Right. Then they didn't conform to all of the things that, that Bowmeister's research predicted at all their willpower supposedly did not seem to deplete when they did not conceive of it that way so willpower is kind of a construct yeah. in the mind you know and actually if you really look to wherever anybody talks about willpower it's always a moral thing of course of course mm -hmm. it's always it's, the only time it becomes believable yeah is when you have a, a topic that is morally reprehensible drinking and drugging can't just be a person's choice that they would want to do. 
heavy, heavy use yeah. by society's standards, by society's moral standards. So society says, there's got to be another reason that is not within your control. So let's just make up the boogeyman called willpower. Yeah. You've been depleted of this imaginary thing called willpower. So that's why I go to that analogy with, you know, the, the well. You know, are you filled yeah. up? Where, where is it? Tell me where willpower is. I want to know. I want to see the meter. Yeah. You know? And um, this is exactly like the... It's exactly like the pause thing we talked about recently, post-acute withdrawal syndrome. It sounds scientific. Yes. And so when they talk about this, you know what yeah, I mean? Impulse but, control. and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. and post-acute withdrawal sounds scientific, yes. but really it's been just a measure of are people irritable after in, after they quit and they're in treatment. Yeah, they're irritable. Yeah. You know who, what I mean? Who but, wouldn't be in treatment? But, mm-hmm. it's, but it sounds like it's coming from the brain, from the damaged brain, and, and there's no evidence of that, right? right? And so now with this, with the willpower thing, you, you put the label self-control, self-regulation, um, and you have people talking about it with a lot of jargon, and you put the word power mm-hmm. there, it sounds biological like strength when in fact really go analyze any any sentence you've seen in print where somebody talks about willpower and they're just talking about doing the right thing willpower is doing the right thing or it's self-discipline it is Mm -hmm. choosing a delayed reward yeah a virtuous a virtuous choice It's, it's a virtue you know and you know so there's this, I, there's always these conflations in terms where nobody can be clear on what they're saying. So anyways, coming back around, we're saying this is not about willpower. Quitting is not about, about being strong. It's about wanting something different. Yeah, it's about deliberating. And it's, yeah. about, it's about deliberating within your own mind and seeing what's, what's important. So what I was going to say is there's this other belief. If you've ever, and I used to do this in my family program, um, I used to talk to families because there's this belief system that that when somebody goes into recovery that they have to be sheltered. Oh yeah, the they fragile be, because they're fragile and and so so families would say, well, well, what do I do if this happens or that happens? How am I gonna how am I gonna shield this person? Um, because everybody seems to believe that there's there's certain certain events that will tip your apple. Yeah, cup. there's a threshold. It's yeah, that, it's, again, yeah. it's that well. Yeah, like, but but then I what might I would, not be strong enough yeah. yet to go to the wedding or whatever. Right? Yeah, so I would ask them, I go, well, what do you do? The families, I'd say, you know, when and and I would have families that had been through horrible tragedy. I had one family I worked with who had already lost a kid to overdose. Um, and I said, well, did you go out and, and, you know, bang a bunch of heroin? Yeah. When that happened, I mean, you were, that, that would have tipped my apple cart. Right. Um, and they were like, well, no, I, you know, I, but I don't have the problem. I'm like, it's no, you didn't see value in doing that. Right. You didn't believe it would help you. So the key is going to be to help this person, your, your other child that's here with us, to know that there's no value, that it's not going to help them with whatever apple cart tipping event happened in their right, life. Exactly. You know, yeah. and and so that they, so it's not a matter of strength at all. And that's a, that's really a hard pill for people to swallow. It, it is. It's a hard concept because of the virtue problem, because they believe that, that there are things, that there are habits that they can't agree with. Yeah. The people in power, the families, 
you know, the people that are sort of throwing their opinion on the, on the drug addict, so to speak, they're the ones with the power and they run the narrative. And they're saying, you know, this is unacceptable behavior and you can't be choosing this because it's crazy. Well, there's a cultural belief. There's a cultural belief overall, especially now, that there are certain things that happen to people and if they happen to them, all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, somebody that never had a problem might go and have a problem. I mean, look at what's happening now with lockdowns and stuff and people who never seem to have a substance use problem are all of a sudden thinking that that alcohol and drugs are going to be helpful to whatever stress they're feeling from being locked in their homes. Yeah. You know, so... We've mainstreamed the dysfunctional practice of self-medication. Yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) Of ineffective (laughs) self-medication. Completely ineffective. Yeah. 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 And we've mainstreamed the idea that, that... Alcohol and drugs contain something magical. Magical that they contain do the magical properties. Problem solving capability. We actually personify drugs and alcohol with problem solving capabilities, which is bizarre. It is completely. It is totally bizarre. <laughs> and you know we're talking about substances here. So yeah, it's not a matter of strength. It's a matter of directly looking at options. The, and the options are, there's three of them, heavy use, abstinence, or moderation. That's where you start. You say to yourself, what's the best option? And if everybody focused on that sort of dry ground and said, well, you know, Johnny, what do you like most? Do you, do you need to get drunk all the time to be happy? Or do you think you could be happier if you abstained or moderated? Um, and if that direct conversation was happening without all the virtue stuff, without all the, you without know, all the morality. slippery terms, yeah. which yeah. say, oh, we're going to help you regain control, Johnny. Yeah. So, yeah. so, all right, so we've set the terms of what's going on now. Johnny doesn't have control and he needs somebody to help him to regain it. Yeah. Let's have him see a therapist. Let's trigger free his life. Yeah. Let's it's like, no, what do you want more? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that it's, it just reminded me of, you know, I did an article on Dax Shepard and his relapse to, uh, I hate the term relapse, but he's <laughs> going back to using opiates in a non-medical way. Let's say it that way. Um, and, you know, he had said he and his wife, his TV star wife, Kristen Bell, had the system and she would hold his medications for him when he needed to take them so that and she would only dole them out as prescribed and um but he found a way around that of course he didn't end around on that one <laughs> he did yeah. you know and that's what he said he goes we got to find a better system and it's like <laughs> yeah choose how about the system becomes <laughs> you know figuring out what you'd like about the opiates what you like about being high if you really feel like you need that you know, to, to do what you need want to do in your life, if it's giving you the benefits you think you're getting, and then really deciding which you, you know, maybe maybe you could be happier not using them that way. You know, there are literally millions of people that use opiates as prescribed and never, never want to use more. Right. You know, the vast majority never. So, yeah. so he, but in his mind, and he said it in on his radio show, um, his podcast, he said, you know, how alluring they are and they basically talked about how addictive they are yeah. and uh, and how weak he is. Right. They're not alluring, right? It's beauty. I say it all the time. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
Right. He sees them as alluring. They yes. are inherently yeah. alluring. Yeah, inherently they're a, a white tablet sitting on the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they're they're literally a around. Stomachache. They're when literally I a round <laughs> circle sitting on the table. Yeah. That's inherently what they are. Yeah. I find Jack them not alluring at all, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could be a button. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely it's a form of essentialism. They yeah. think that these drugs, uh, they, 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 anything is it has this quality. It's only a relationship to a human being yes. that anything has meaning. Has meaning, yeah. right? And it's what that human being perceives it as. And and if you perceive a painkiller as something that here's what I take for physical pain when it's really bad. Yes. Then, okay, you're not going to have any problem if you perceive of a painkiller as this is the thing that will make all the emotional pain in the universe good and numb me from everything and make 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 me me feel feel like I'm wrapped Mm -hmm. in a warm blanket. And if that's how you see it, you know, it's the most fantastical thing on earth, well, you're going to use it in that way. So how do you fix that? You change that perspective. You challenge it. And you know what's interesting? If Anybody that's listening here, if you've been to treatment or you've been to a, any kind of support group meeting, you get this love-hate thing within these meetings where where on the one hand, people will glamorize it and talk about how incredible it was, right? I'm never going to feel anything like that again. And on the other hand, then they demonize it and talk about how it destroyed their lives. So it's personified with two extremes, and neither of them are accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it at best, it's a it's a mediocre middle of the road thing. It doesn't have the power to destroy your life, and it doesn't have the power to make your life amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 the key to figuring out, you know, how to moderate and how to abstain, and that is to just just. Look at it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to end. Yeah. All right. No strength needed. No strength needed. You just just need the right information. So that's why we titled it that. You're not weak. You're just misinformed. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help moving past recovery as well, we encourage you to call us at 888 424-2626 or you can reach us through our website at thefreedommodel.org you can learn about our retreat at soberforever.net at thefreedommodel.org we offer many free resources including videos these podcasts the whole a whole bunch of podcasts um, and our ebooks digital editions of our books are available free to our podcast listeners at thefreedommodel.org forward slash products use coupon code freedom 100 at checkout for the freedom model for addictions and family 100 for the freedom model for the family paperbacks are available of, of our books are available on amazon and other online retailers um and if you need detox if you need detox, you should go to or contact Gallus Detox. That's G-A-L-L-U-S Detox.com. GallusDetox.com. Uh, we've been working with them with our guests on the, on the West Coast specifically for um, over 10 years now, and they do a great job. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.